Systems work, people fail. Welcome to InsureMark's Advisor Mentorship Podcast with Vice President Jeremy Hauser, where we share proven systems and processes for the 21st century advisor. Today, it's essential that advisors find a way to differentiate themselves from the competition. Learn how to elevate your game and accomplish incredible feats as Jeremy teaches you how to build a more successful and sustainable business while realizing a better work-life balance is not only possible, but achievable. In our 40 years here at InsureMark, we have always been known to help our advisors with positioning annuities and life insurance into their customers' retirement plans. But did you know we also help with asset-based long-term care? Welcome to this week's episode of the Advisor Mentorship Podcast. I am your host, Jeremy Hauser, and today I wanted to elaborate a little bit on that topic of asset-based long-term care, so I decided to bring on a special guest here. He's another fellow advisor development consultant here at InsureMark. I wanted to bring on Mr. Jeff Sather. How are we doing today, Jeff? Fantastic, Jeremy. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to chatting about the asset-based space. Absolutely. So why don't you kick off the show? Several of the viewers probably have talked to you before, or maybe some advisors um, didn't know we necessarily dove into asset-based long-term care. So why don't you tell the audience a little bit about what you do here at InsureMark? Absolutely. Well, as I often say, I'm on a crusade, and the crusade is to help families prevent poverty. From an event in their future with either themselves, their parents, their grandparents, all of the above, and really incorporating this tool for portfolio protection. We really want to protect that nest egg. So I am, I do all things LTC for InsureMark. So whether it's traditional LTC, which is rare, but still available, or the asset-based long-term care, which we're discussing today, that's been my specialty and expertise for the last eight years. Beautiful. And what are some of those resources now? And actually, how long you've been with InsureMark? And what are some of those resources that our advisors can use within our team when it comes to that topic of asset-based long-term care? Yeah, yeah. I just celebrated my one-year anniversary at InsureMark. So that's pretty cool. March 9th was one year at InsureMark. I was at a prior prior places, you know, before this. And uh, as far as what we have for tools, we have a vast array of tools for our advisors, whether it be interfacing with me, obviously, we've got Jeff's Notes, which is my brand, if you will, something I built eight years ago and has helped hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of advisors across the country understand the space. It's my webinar. It's what I teach with. It's what I educate with. So it really starts with Jeff's notes. But beyond that, we utilize a quote request form, which is a real simple tool. It's the info I need and my team need to go ahead and run quotes and find the right solutions and what is best for this particular client. So as far as just the day-to-day interfacing, it starts with Jeff's notes, starts with a quote request form, And then from there, we're looking at teeing up all kinds of marketing for our advisors, whether it be our survey system. Email survey system is really cool. And what's happened since I've been here is Don Quante and I have gotten together. Don Quante wrote the book, Don't Go Broke in a Nursing Home, which I had read before ever meeting Don. So it's kind of nice to partner with him now. 
in many facets and we're utilizing his survey system, which is really cool. Imagine just being able to email all your clients a professional survey that's branded specifically to you as an advisor with your logo, your name, your branding to your entire client base and asking them six simple questions where they opt in to a conversation with you about asset-based long-term care. So what I like to do on the front end is let's educate them with just notes. Then let's tee up that survey system. Let's get them opt-in leads because most agents and advisors don't realize they don't need to go spend a lot of money on marketing campaigns. They've already built a book. They're sitting on a gold mine of leads and clients that really need to have this conversation because truth be told, it's the last hole left in most people's portfolios. What do we do? I'll word it this way. When what if becomes what now? Dan was just diagnosed with severe dementia. What now? Yeah, and I know it's a tough conversation too. So talking about people's health, riding into their personal questions, uh, getting to know a little bit more about them. I know many advisors heard the story, set of in out of 10 individuals will need to have some form of long-term care in their form of life at some point down the road. So in your opinion, what are some of the best ways that advisors are approaching and having the conversation outside of the survey, outside of the things you just mentioned, but what are the best ways they are approaching that customer around that topic? That's a great question. And I get that question daily. Jeff, how do I go about teeing up this conversation? And there's a lot of different ways to do it, but I, I'm a simple guy. I like things simple. I was a producer, so I've been face-to-face with clients and I'm Zoom like this with clients doing applications and having these conversations. So I've been there, done that. I think the easiest way is just to ask people, hey, Jeremy, have you taken care of your long-term care planning yet? What do you mean? Well, let me ask you this. Have you, do you have any family members right now in your entire extended family that are in a long-term care situation. They're receiving care, whether it be from memory care or they can no longer perform two of six activities of daily living. Do you have anyone in the family like that right now? Or have you had anyone in the past that you've experienced or watched or observed going through that process? And what happens, Jeremy, inevitably when you ask that question, they say, yeah, actually we do right now, or yeah, my grandmother. In fact, many times the wife will say, I had to participate in taking care. What's interesting is the caregivers, 96% of the time are daughters. Hmm. This type of care falls inevitably on the women connected to the family. It's amazing what happens in those cases. So I like to hear their stories. So when they say, yes, I have, 
I want to draw that story out. I want to hear about that story. Tell me about that. What was that experience like? What did you personally have to do in that caregiving scenario? What kind of time did you have to commit to that? Was it all the heavy lifting, bathing, changing, feeding, transferring in and out of bed or a chair? What all did it involve for you? If you had to do it again, what would you do differently? What would you change? What did you like or didn't like about personal care you provided or watching professionals come into the home or going to see what was happening at the facility for facility care? So as far as teeing up the conversation, as you mentioned with the lead question is drawing out those stories. So I start with that question, have you taken care of your long-term care planning yet? And then tell me about stories you know of. Before I share mine, I want to know theirs. Those are, the, those are the stories that matter the most. What did their family experience? Whether it was their mom, their sister, their brother, whoever went through it. Yeah, and I, so I actually preparing for this, I saw a recent study that there's a couple things that for long-term care in 2023, one of them being just finding help, finding good, good people in nursing homes to help out with the family members. It seems like there's a struggle too, to actually hire people for that. So not only is the, the amount of baby boomers through 2030 increasing all the way for the next call it seven years. So people possibly could be needing these services, but also you have a decline of people who are actually now going to be able to serve and help. So that I think is a very important question. And I mean, any other stories you can think of that really helps resonate or things that you come about with uh, advisors who are working with retirees daily? Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, my family is a great example of two different stories and two different plans. Half of my family, my dad's side was the unplanned side. And I recorded that video, the story of the bitter pill, mm-hmm. quite a while back, what explains how when my grandmother on that side of the family was diagnosed with severe dementia, grandpa tried to take care of her best he could for two years. Then he woke up, startled in the middle of the night, saw her standing there with a hammer, and she thought he was an intruder. She didn't know who he was. And he looked at my grandmother and finally said, Alice, I have to put you in a home for your safety and mine, right? Well, they had no plan. They had no insurance. They had no policy whatsoever. So she ended up living, Jeremy, in that facility for six and a half years. Wow. That's a hefty bill. That's a big bill. That's money my grandfather didn't have. Neither did the five children, which included my dad and his four siblings. So What he had to do was commit the future sale of their home that they, by the way, built with their own hands and their property, 23 acres of my favorite place on earth, white birch woods in northern Minnesota. Just absolutely love those woods. I played in them. I grew up running around in those woods. He had to commit that to the state. So all those proceeds went to pay for her care and eventually his care. Now, he didn't live as long in facility, but he lived, lived a while in that same facility when he finally needed care and couldn't care for himself anymore. And those five children, including my dad, watched that whole inheritance go poof, gone. 
the state owned it. They sold it. They got the proceeds and covered that bill. That's sad. That's really, really sad. And, and it's called the bitter pill because I asked my dad, when's the last time you've been home? And he said, it's been years. I won't go back. I said, why won't you go back? You grew up there. It's a bitter pill. Bitter pill we had to swallow. I won't go back. The state owned it and sold it to people we eventually knew as family, friends and neighbors bought it. And I don't even want to see what they did with it. That's no fun. That's no fun. Grandmother on my mom's side, they had a plan. So they had a policy. So grandpa uh, on that side passed away without needing care. Grandma now had a home she couldn't take care of by herself. He, he passed away at 88 years old. And grandma was a few years behind him in age. So she's like, I can't take care of this home. So beyond her policy that she had when she eventually needed it, she was able to take all her life insurance proceeds from grandpa passing away, the mm -hmm. sale of her home, their savings and investing. She was completely comfortable. So she chose to move into an assisted living facility. And she loved it. It was an independent apartment inside of a facility with 24-7 emergency medical care. If she needed it, she had an emergency button, but it was an apartment she could cook for herself. If she didn't want to cook, she could go down and they made one meal a day for all the residents. What she loved is instead of living at home, she lived in this place where she developed friendships with girlfriends whose husbands had also passed away. And she lived there for five years and loved it. She had friends. They went shopping. She had her own car parked outside. She goes, I don't think they realize how old I am, Jeffy, because they're asking me to drive them to the airport, take them shopping. Because <laughs> she was very functional, didn't need the facility necessarily for care yet. But then she fell, broke her hip, couldn't get around, had the surgery, and then she had her policy kicked in because she needed help with two of six activities of daily living. And she went another, uh, I believe it was two years and then passed away at age 93, but absolutely loved her last seven years of life, if you will, because she was cared for and overseen when needed. Unbelievable story. Unbelievable. And I know the, I think, right when you were starting or right before you were starting here at InsureMark. And actually, for those that don't know, I know you were the number one consultant in the country when it comes to asset-based long-term care. So we're very fortunate to add you, obviously, to the team. We were at an event and Quante was actually one of our speakers and he raised or he asked a question to the audience. We had about, I think, 60 advisors. It was a pretty good group. And he just said, if you or one of your loved ones, if you know of someone who has actually gone through a long-term care experience, or you know of someone who's currently going through that right now, go ahead and just show a hands and the whole room raise their hands. So it goes mm -hmm. to the topic of, it's a, a lot of people don't talk about it, but there's a huge opportunity for advisors to help those situate their customers the right way. Which obviously, would you add to the table here at InsureMark. And now 
if we want to take a separate step, and this is what advisors always want to know. So how are advisors that we're working with currently marketing themselves? Is there anything additional added to what you've talked about? Anything specific that top advisors are doing to really market asset-based long-term care in their business? Yeah, yeah. I'll definitely speak to that. And I'll tell you what, Jeremy, this is with this being one of the last holes left in the portfolio, this is a perfect opportunity for advisors to differentiate themselves from the pack. One of the most interesting and powerful statistics I've ever seen came from Genworth. They have the largest long-term, they don't sell long-term care anymore, but they have the largest book of long-term care clients in history as an insurer. And they did a survey, a random thousand clients that they got through independent distribution. And they asked them the question, did you bring up this topic with your advisor or did your advisor initiate this conversation? These statistics are telling. 87% of the time, the client had to ask about long-term care. Only 13% of the time did advisors initiate this conversation. So I always tell and train advisors, you want to separate yourself from the advisors down the block or the street, or they're shopping you against who can do the most for me? Here's your path of least resistance. Let me talk to you about one of the final holes left in most people's portfolios, and that's your long-term care plan. So one of the top advisors I've worked with now for eight years, he specifically schedules a meeting with his entire book to have this conversation. He literally, we're not going to talk about anything else today except your long-term care plan. And what I want to show you today is how we can take 1%, as little as 1%, maybe a maximum of 10% of your portfolio, and we're going to use it to protect the other 90 to 99% from a future event that most people don't want to discuss, and that's long-term care. And they have a specific meeting about it, okay? And it is valuable. Now, once, once they've gone down that timeline or the path to, hey, we're finally at a position where these folks have discovered we need this, we want to look at a plan for us and a solution for us, then he brings the adult children in hmm. to that meeting and says, listen, what we're going to talk with you today about, so you're clear on your mom and dad's plan for long-term care and what it means and how it affects you because it affects the entire family. When and what if becomes what now for mom or dad? We need to discuss that plan. So we're going to lay out that plan. And what he said is inevitably, the adult children now say, hmm, we need to think about this for us because we have small children now. And he said, what better way? Everyone's trying to get to the adult children, the next generation as clients. Here's the door opener. Let's mm -hmm. involve them in mom and dad's plan. And then let's also lead to discussion there. Now, I haven't looked at this recently, Jeremy, but I can tell you this. One of the fastest growing, and I had an attorney friend tell me this. I have not confirmed this or researched it. But he said, one of the fastest growing lawsuits in the country is adult children suing children suing advisors 
because they're they're not taking care of long-term care planning because they're watching the inheritance go poof, paying for facility care. They're like, why didn't you tell mom and dad about this? That's a little scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little I'd, scary. I would say, uh, and actually, I know, I know, there's like tools at Point of Cell now that advisors utilize, and some of them even have a one-page questionnaire that customers have to actually sign off saying that I talked to you about long-term care, and you decided not to move forward. So, yeah, I can see that. Uh, that creeping in there. Um, yeah, I have seen those myself. And uh, you're right. Some people choose to do that. I'll tell you one other thing is differentiating themselves is showing, you know, record a little video, get yourself on social media, become the product or excuse me, the subject matter expert in your area for this type of discussion. You know, be the bug light that's attracting bugs to you because you're the only guy or gal in your area discussing this topic as mm-hmm. a key differentiator for your services and your planning services. That's powerful. That's really powerful. Yeah. And, and I know there's not too many players still in the game. You mentioned earlier, Genworth no longer does long-term care. So with lease or the least amount of distribution from different carriers now in this field, how are processing times or what and what do you see now, especially after the last two to three years? I know there's been some new regulations too. So how's processing time typically for a just asset-based long-term care with one of our carriers? Yeah, that's a great question. Typically, every carrier, and we use seven carriers. There's seven different products in the asset-based long-term care space. And you mentioned the traditional LTC side. In the year 2000, there were 125 carriers Hmm. doing traditional. We're down to a handful. And really, we only use two of that handful at InsureMark. So that place, that space has dwindled. On the asset-based side, processing times are typically 30 to 45 days from the app in to it being issued. Now, some carriers get really popular for short periods of time or extended periods of time because they redesigned their product. What's happened in the last year, which is amazing to me, is every asset-based carrier has done a reprice decreasing. Hmm. They've decreased their costs. It's more competitive than ever. And I was called by, two years ago, I was called by three carriers asking me if I were going to design the ultimate asset-based long-term care product, how would I go about doing it? Because they wanted to jump into the space and build a product. So hopefully that that gives you an answer of, of we've got tons of resources as far as product and service, servicing from, again, from app to issue 30 to 45 days. We have one that can do it quicker. (laughs) And I I know the team. So what's good about when advisors are working with us, there's some knockout questions or there's some certain medications or health issues that you and your team can actually help an advisor before even going through the process or figuring out 
what carrier would be the one that's more liberal to it. So, um, so that's where obviously the strength of everything that you guys are offering to our advisors helps us just being an additional arm to them to just slow down the life cycle of advisor meeting client, closing business, and then actually getting that issued. And so with uh, not just getting things issued, there's also some regulation. I know last year we saw something in one of the states of Washington. Is there anything additional on the regulation side for asset-based long-term care or something for advisors? Listen to this. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that regulation is, is I went through the Washington debacle, as some of us will call it nowadays. And that was when the state of Washington decided, well, first of all, I give them credit. They recognized this is a ticking time bomb. Some people call it the silver tsunami. I've got silver in my beard, right? I'm not, I'm not a baby boomer, but I'm right next to the baby boomers. So my parents are boomers. And they're talking about obviously the 10,000 people hitting age 65 every day. And that's going to go for another seven to eight years or longer. Well, they decided we're going to build in a tax and introduce a new tax to our residents, payroll tax. We're going to take money out of payroll to cover a future policy for our, res for our, our taxpayers in the state of Washington. Well, the bummer about that is you're paying tax during your working years, and what's left for you is $36,500 of a policy. Well, I want to tell you, that's going to last a few months. Yeah. That is tiny. That's nothing. It's a drop in the long-term care bucket, right, for as far as covering needs. And the people from the neighboring state that worked in Washington but didn't live there, they had to pay the tax too to a benefit they would never receive because they live next door. So now California is the closest one on the fast track to getting this done for the state of California. And then there's 13 other states digging in and looking at how can we add this new tax to our payroll tax strategy so our residents have something waiting for them when they need this care. But as a state, we're filling our coffers again because medical expenses aren't cheap. And it's just so crazy to me whenever listening to how that formed and the thought of just being like a 30-year-old person, a doctor, or in their 20s, 40s, and paying additional tax to <laughs> on just six figures a year, every single year. But knowing that, the good news is that's why if you're an advisor in California, there's multiple other states that are possibly looking at this. That's why you reach out to Jeff because just keeping you ahead, there's some strategies that as an advisor, you can go to customers and have that conversation to avoid having to fall yeah. victim to the extra payroll tax. There's an opt out and all the states have introduced the opt out is, do you already own long-term care policy of some sort? If you do a true LTC policy, whether it be a, a rider on a life insurance product or a true LTC, you know, standalone, old school, old nursing home insurance, or what I cover, asset-based long-term care, if it's true long-term care coverage, you don't get taxed. You are opted out from that tax. Awesome stuff. Any, as we wrap up, last question, any words of wisdom 
or final thoughts you like to share as we uh, finish up here? Oh man, too many to cover at this time, but I would just say, if you want to be unique and separated from the pack and you want to be different and you truly want to call yourself a holistic planner where you're covering people's life cycles, don't forget the final one. And that is their long-term care plan. What's in place? Because it's proper tax planning, by the way. There's tax strategies to take advantage of associated with this. It's portfolio protection. It's nest egg protection. It's setting up and taking care of the next generation. But most importantly, it's mom and dad or grandma and grandpa aging gracefully with dignity and with care. You know, my plan, as I've shared many times, final stories, my daughter's a registered nurse. She works in ICU and she is, she said, dad, when you finally need care, I'm going to take care of you. And I said, no, you're not. She was offended. I'm more than qualified to care for you. I said, yeah, you are. But honey, I'm only 56. The average age of claim is 80. I've got 24 years. That means you're going to be 24 years potentially into a marriage. You're going to have children. You're going to have a lifestyle you need to protect and help support financially. You can't afford to quit a job to come pay for me and care for me. I said, quite frankly, here's the plan. The last thing your mother and I want on our conscience is that you're scarred for life as our daughter because you had to change our diapers. Not going to happen. We're going to have a policy that pays for professional caregivers to come into our home to do all that heavy lifting and dirty work, quote unquote. You're in charge of Mackenzie coming to our home, checking in to make sure those caregivers are held accountable and that your mother and I are well cared for and comfortable and aging with dignity. And then all I want you to do is put in the movies, pop the popcorn, and let's all laugh together until we get our wings. That's the plan. And my daughter looked at me and said, yeah, I like that. I'll sign on for that plan. Good stuff. Well, I appreciate your time today, Jeff. Thank you also to the listener for tuning in to us today. Make sure to follow us on LinkedIn at Jeremy Hauser for our latest updates on the show and other marketing ideas. Also subscribe to the Advisor Mentorship Podcast on your favorite listening device so you do not miss out on any future episodes. And remember, in a world full of betas, be an alpha. Thank you for listening to the InsureMark Advisor Mentorship Podcast with Vice President Jeremy Hauser. Click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available and connect with Jeremy on LinkedIn to stay up to date. If you would like to request our introduction kit, feel free to check out www.advisormentorship.com and click on learn more. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of InsureMark. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. Thank you for listening to the InsureMark, the advisor mentorship podcast with InsureMark Vice President, Jeremy Hauser.